Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza shipping local and nationwide. Order online today at picassospizza.net. My name is Joe Miller. I am the voice of this year overreaction post game show. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wire. Do me a favor, jump over there and follow me. You can also follow the overreaction buff handle. If you follow the overreaction buff handle, I will follow you back. Um, but yeah, it is so good to have every single one of you. Uh, please do me a favor, whatever platform you are consuming this podcast on, whether it's uh, YouTube or you know, what, Facebook, good Lord, what is there, all the different podcast platforms in recorded fashion throughout the week. Please like, please subscribe, please do me a favor as well and leave a review if you have the opportunity or the ability to do so. Uh, We are also Super Chat Live. This is the recording of a podcast, so I do the best that I can to pay attention to the comments section, but I'll be honest with you, I get into my notes pretty deep, as a lot of you already know, and it uh, puts me in a situation where I can't really see what you guys are talking about but if you do have a comment or a question for me please uh super chat me i will uh read that and then uh yeah victory monday is upon us happy victory monday to you bills mafia this is the 14th victory monday of the season the buffalo bills have advanced to the the divisional round opponent tbd as of the recording of this uh, podcast but wildest dreamland dreams land are upon us we are going to ride that hashtag until it dies. But uh, yeah, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now, let me just say one more time, welcome. It's good to have you. Before we get any of the madness that is this show started, let's hear from John Spazcheck and the Market Dominator team. Introducing the Market Dominator. Folks, I'm John Spaschek, that's right, the Market Dominator, and I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win, just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer our phone. And one more thing, go Bills. Go Bills, that is John Spazcheck, the leader of the Market Dominator team. Please give him a call if you're in the market to buy or sell a home. 716-570-3298, that number again, uh, 716-570-3298. I sit before you rosy-cheeked from the cold weather, and to be honest with you, it was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day in Orchard Park. The sun was shining. It was like 20, what, 7 degrees uh, but it was a beautiful day, and my cheeks are a little bit rosy. But uh, I'm I'm happy to be here with you um, again. Happy Victory Monday to all of Bills Mafia, and as well as to the Giants fan base. So the Giants Nation, as Brian Dable just pulled off his first uh, playoff victory, Isaiah Hodgins had like 100 yards receiving and a and a touchdown. So Hodgins' watch continues for me. Uh, I texted the young man and told him uh, congratulations and that I was proud of him and uh, always to be or always keep looking up because uh, that kid's got a bright future in front of him. And uh, it's just exciting to see him do what he's doing. But let's get on to our game. 
So I guess the question questions that I have for you, Bills Mafia, are or is or however you would want to preface that. First, are you breathing normally again? So I saw Pam uh, Pamela in the comment section, and she was uh, just uh, just saying some things just about uh, just being stressed. Uh, second question would be, you know, has your butthole unpuckered yet? <laughs> because I'm going to be honest with you, I tweeted at one point in time. Uh, I don't remember where it was in the game that the silence that you're hearing from the crowd while the bills were on offense was not out of respect for the offense being on the field. That silence was literally that we were shell shocked. And I'm guessing you guys probably were at home uh, just like we were in the stadium. It was that game was something I guess is the easiest way that we could put it in the post game. Uh, on WGR 55, Mike Shope actually said that uh, had the Bills lost this game, it probably would have gone down in history as one of the worst losses in franchise history. And that that fact, that that thought, that point, whatever can't it can't escape you. You know, you you think about the what the Steelers game. You know, all we had to do was win, and we were in against the Steelers backups, and you know that was the Mike Malarkey year. We lost that game, so that one's right up there. And there's some other ones too, but this one could have been not great. Um, you know, the Buffalo Bills come from behind in the third quarter, something I did not imagine that I'd be saying after this game, that the Bills would have to come from behind in the third quarter to defeat a beleaguered Miami Dolphins uh, football team with a third-string quarterback. And again, on a very sunny, pleasant, non-windy day in Buffalo. So nice, in fact, I didn't wear my gloves. It was 27 degrees outside. The sun was beating down on us on the visitor side of the stadium. Didn't have to wear my, at one point I'd taken my jacket off. I had a hoodie on under my starter jacket and was stripped down to just my hoodie. Uh, and it wasn't just me. It was everybody. Like it was warm on the sideline. I didn't have my stocking cap on. All I had was a baseball cap, a football cap on. Uh, it was a wonderful day to take in football in Buffalo, New York. It was just a, a fantastic setting. The crowd was fantastic. The tailgate was fantastic. Uh, you know, the, the bill, you know, the bills mafia house was where I spent the majority or all of my morning. And uh, just to kind of see some of the folks, some of the Bills Mafia fam, Del Reed was in attendance over there. But it was just great to see just people and be out and about on such a wonderful day. It wasn't, uh, what, minus seven <laughs> like it was last year against the Patriots. My dad at one point actually looked at me. He's like, why did we go to the Patriots game last year? I was like, I think because it was a night game and it was minus seven. Um, to which he laughed. He's like, do you regret it? I was like, of course I regret not going to that game. It was like perfect football. Um, but it was a wonderful day in Buffalo to take in a football game. The crowd was was electric uh, when they needed to be, um, and they were just on top of what was happening in the game. You know, and it was it was a tough fought match. You know, the Dolphins had nothing to lose, everything to play for. The Bills, I don't know how you want to describe that football game. I don't know how you want to take it in. I don't know how you want to deliver it. I don't know how you want to remember it. But the Buffalo Bills came into this game, you know, healthier probably than they've been all season. There was a lot of interesting lineup changes as uh, Isaiah McKenzie was inactive for this game. They had elevated Cole Beasley to the active roster, which basically means he is now a part of the team. He's no longer a call-up. And uh, John Brown was active from the practice squad in this game. And there was a lot of creative wide receiver formations in this game. Stuff we have. So it's weird because we go through the season and, and people even today at the tailgate, man, I just really hope that this football team has been like saving stuff. They have to have been saving stuff right for the playoffs, you know, and as I talk to just former Bills players and, and just different people that know they don't teams generally don't save stuff for the playoffs. Meanwhile, 
you know, you've got Cole Beasley, who's now on the active roster. So it feels like since they re-signed him that they were kind of getting him up to speed through the regular season. He only had a couple catches. And then to sign him to the active roster coming into the playoffs kind of gives you that feeling that they were kind of saving him to be healthy, which is something we talked about on this show. Um, another thing that we did, have not seen them do, they did today, which was a lot of, like I said, creative wide receiver formation. So uh, Davis and and Diggs going off the field and Shakir and John Brown being on the field and just different mi- mixing and minglings as far as that goes. It seemed like, well, the starters were Davis, Diggs, and Beasley as announced. I didn't really take in who it was that uh, that that was actually like in the first snap for the Buffalo Bills. But uh, it was interesting to see just kind of how they rotated guys. Um, they used Khalil Shakir in this game probably more than I would have. I would have probably preferred to have seen a whole lot more of Cole Beasley in this football game than Shakir. But who knows? Maybe Cole is still on a pitch count. We don't know what's happening there. Um, but the groupings were very interesting. Uh, and uh, it was good to see Smoke on the field a lot. John Brown was on the field a lot. Uh, you know, and the Dolphins come into this football game starting, as you guys know, Skylar Thompson, a quarterback who barely mustered nine points last week against the Jets. They were also without Raheem Mostert in this football game, which had to make you feel pretty comfortable coming in. I know Dolphins fans, as we hung out with some Twitter famous Dolphin fans uh, on Saturday night and then even at the tailgate, they weren't expecting much uh, from their football team in this game just because of the injuries and what was going on from a from a, from a a lineup standpoint. But Vegas even agreed as the line with Skylar Thompson as the quarterback was 13, I think, going into this game at game time. You know, and the, and the Buffalo Bills came out in this football game. They were efficient early, very, very efficient. They went up 14 to nothing in the first quarter and led by 17 before the insanity that was like the last two minutes. And I think I heard somebody say somewhere, whether it was in the stadium or someplace else, that this was the longest non-overtime like playoff game in Bill's history. And it was also the longest uh, first half of football in Bill's like either regulation and playoff or just in some, in some form of Bill's history it was, it was a long football game. There was a, there was a point I was looking at the guy next to me. We were talking about just what time I think it was three 30. It was, it was super late. And I was like, well, I think they had just come out from halftime. It was like three 25 or three 20. And I was like, just watch. They're going to do something to speed this game up. <laughs> they didn't. The refs called the game per normal. There was still a lot of, you know, weird timeouts. I don't even have the timeout situation in my notes. The timeout situation is a podcast for another day, but uh, there was just a lot of, weird stuff that happened in this football game. Um, the Bills, you know, I mean, it's it, this isn't going to be wildly positive. It's not going to be wildly negative, but this show is not going to be wildly positive at the same time. You know, the Buffalo Bills, they had a ton of drops again in this football game. Um, you know, and let's not tilt the narrative one way or the other that, oh, gosh, you know, if, if you know, if Gabe Davis or, or – Khalil Shakir would have come down with some of those balls. John Brown on the interception, you know, if they would have come down with some of those balls, you know, this it would have been a completely different football game. The reality is, is Jalen Waddle dropped three very bad passes. Well, that he had very, three very bad drops on some good passes down the field. So that kind of goes both ways for these two, t- two football teams. Um, and the reality is when you talk about the Buffalo Bills, and I get frustrated, and I've talked about it here, and people were blowing me up on Twitter because I, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll talk about the moment, third and eight. 
Josh drops back and throws a ball 50 yards downfield um, or 40 yards downfield. You know, the reality is, is most NFL teams, good NFL teams will go deep on their opponent one, two, maybe three times. One, two, maybe three times in an entire football game. A lot of times just to basically soften the defense up, to get them to step back a little bit, to open up those shorter and intermediate lanes, passing lanes. On one series, Josh Allen went deep to Davis twice. And he just, I don't know what, I don't know if it was the looks. I didn't get to hear Josh Allen's press conference. I was making my way back to the truck. I don't know if it was the looks they were getting. I don't know if Josh just felt man coverage one-on-one everywhere is a green light for me to throw the ball deep 16 times. I don't know what the number was, but it was a lot. Pamela, Pamela sends me a super chat. She says, be, be negative, Joe. It's deserved on this one. I'm not going to be super, super negative. Um, I'm just not going to be. Uh, but it's just, uh, at the end of the day, the Bills won, right? It's funny because interesting point to me as, I, as, I'm, as I'm thinking about this right now, that it might only be interesting to me. Early in this game, the Buffalo Bills went for it on fourth and three basically just announcing to the Dolphins, we don't believe in Skylar Thompson, right? Um, the Bills got some pressure on Skylar Thompson today. Not a lot. They had a couple, you know, a couple sacks. I don't know how many exactly it was. I've, I've got the stats up here. I'll look at them in a second. Um, you know, and regardless of where Skylar Thompson was drafted, regardless of what this kid's NFL journey has been, this is an NFL quarterback. Skylar Thompson plays quarterback in the NFL, which means he's played quarterback a lot in his life. College, high school, right? Growing up. You give a guy like Skylar Thompson two elite wide receivers, a great tight end, and six seconds to scan the field, and Skylar Thompson is going to beat you. And he almost did. I'm not exactly sure what the Jets did against the Dolphins last week to hold them to nine points and basically relegate their offense to just about nothing. But I can tell you firsthand that the 49ers and the Chargers put a blueprint out on the Dolphins and the Bills didn't even bother to look at it. So if you're asking me, is it likely that the Bills didn't even look at what the Jets did to Skylar Thompson before they played this football game? My answer would be yes. It's highly likely, highly likely, highly probable. Sorry if my audio just cut out there for a second. Highly likely, highly probable. And it, it seems like it seems like this defense, the game plan for this defense is to run a nickel four two, unless you're really good at running the ball, then we might sprinkle in a third linebacker. But you know what? We're just going to put our defense out there and we're just going to play you and hope our offense outscores you. Now they have been 14 times this year. That offense has outscored the defense or outscored the other team's offense. And the other three games where the Bills lost, they only lost by a combined point total of eight. So even as I sit here and I'm frustrated and you guys are probably frustrated and and Pamela's giving me the green light, who's always, you know, Miss Rainbows and Roses, she's giving me the green light to be negative. The reality is it's working as frustrating as it is, as 
much of a butthole exercise and puckering my butthole as it is, it's working. Like as much as we freak out, you know, I, I, we grew up hearing about the Cleveland Browns and the cardiac kids and all this stuff. And this team, I've, I've said it all. I don't even know, not all season, probably since week six, that the only team that can beat the Buffalo Bills are the Buffalo Bills. And goodness gracious, do they do their best to try to beat themselves every football game, every single football game. And as I've got the Bengals and, and Ravens game up on my TV here next to my desk, you know, the reality is, is do any of us believe that they can make this many mistakes? And I'm going to get into some of them against the Bengals. Do you believe that they can make the mistakes they make made today against the Chiefs? Do you believe that if they get to the Super Bowl, that they can make those mistakes in the Super Bowl? There's no way. There's no way. I just, it, whether it's, I don't even know, I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it's focus. I don't know if it's lack of preparation because God knows they've got talent. The fact that the, they've got so much talent on this football team that they overcome beating themselves all the time. It's impressive. Wildly impressive. But the Buffalo Bills almost let Skylar Thompson beat them today. He was their huckleberry. Oh, you're going to make these mistakes? You're going to throw interceptions? You're going to allow big interception returns? You're going to allow punt returns? You're going to throw deep balls on third and eight when all you need to do is, like, go for the sticks? Bad situations, so you have to punt the ball back to us? You're going to give me short fields? I'm your huckleberry. Offensively, there was there was as much as, like I said, there's stuff we're going to talk about in the couple of minutes that I've got you. You know, offensively, there was some good stuff in this football game, too. I mean... That that first touchdown catch by by Dawson Knox, that one-handed catch down, uh, touchdown catch, it was down in my end zone. After the 52-yard bomb to Diggs, it was funny because Josh hit that 52-yard bomb to Diggs, and it was almost like that's where the green light went on. Oh, we got – it was it was the second attempt, if I'm not mistaken. He's like, oh, we got this today. Maybe it was the first. I can't remember. But that catch by, by Dawson Knox was incredible. And then on the very next series, Dean Marlowe picks off uh, Skylar Thompson on a pass that even on the replay, and I watched the replay again after the game, I'm not sure who he was throwing that football to. And maybe on the broadcast, Tony Romo and Nance like kind of told you guys, but for me, I was confused. I was like, where was that ball going? But it was nice to see Dean Marlowe get an interception. It was nice to see Dean Marlowe take all of the snaps in DeMar Hamlin's place, who was obviously replacing Micah Hyde. And off of that interception, you know, James Cook, himbo, as they like to call him, with that 12-yard misdirection touchdown, it almost looked easy. It almost looked too easy. It, that was the moment where it's 14 to nothing, and you're like, hmm, <laughs> the Bills are going to dog walk this team. The Bills are absolutely going to curb stomp them like we thought. The Bills had, I think, 172 total yards in the first quarter. I've got a pick. I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got a graph, not a graphic. A graphic would go up on the screen. Um, I definitely don't have anything to put on the screen. I think I do. I thought I took a picture of it. Apparently, I did not. The Bills had a crazy amount of stats. Uh, 172 total yards in the first quarter, and that continued throughout this game. Like the 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 yard deficit, Dolphins to Bills was akin to that first Bills game in Bills Dolphins game in week three when the Bills just racked up like crazy yardage on the Dolphins. It was insane 
just to see the Dolphins win that football game in the heat the way that they did. Equally insane to see the Dolphins hanging on in this game. Like, are the Dolphins a team that we have to be fear, like be afraid of going forward? Probably. But I just once would like to maybe see the Buffalo Bills go out there, play the Dolphins toe-to-toe and not fumble the ball forward and then fumble the ball and have it picked up and taken into the end zone for an interception. Not have quirky interceptions bounce out of a wide receiver. It's just calling strange timeouts twice. The, the last timeout that McDermott called, it was on an overthrow by Skylar Thompson on third, fourth down. It was fourth down. Uh, because I remember specifically, they went for it deep. The ball was incomplete. Referee comes out. Oh, Buffalo Bills called the timeout before the play started. And like literally just about every member of the defense like slapped their hands on the ground. Like, what are you doing to us? Why are you calling timeouts? And I don't know, again, because I didn't hear coaches postgame presser. I don't know if he talked about it either. But who knows if those questions were even asked of him right but the bills had 172 yard total yards in the like the first quarter insane the dolphins then manage a field goal right then josh throws his first interception on a deep ball to john brown which john brown was turned around i don't even know that he even knew where the football was it was just a bad pass it was a bad throw josh either misread the route or expected john brown to do something that john brown wasn't planning on doing But, like, literally, these are the things that we're talking about. I mean, as much as it's a punt, it's a punt until the ball is returned to the Bills 48. Xavier Howard returning that football, whatever it was, 40 yards or 50 yards, you know, I'm okay sometimes on a third down throwing the ball 60 yards downfield and having it intercepted because it is effectively a punt. But that gets completely wiped away when the returner returns it to to your own 48. These are just those, those are the things that cannot happen in the last three games. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't go in taking chances. It doesn't mean that you don't go in trying to take risks. It doesn't mean that you don't go in with a game plan to put pressure on the on the on the opposing team's defense. That's not what that means. But it just seems situationally that they're just not smart with some of these long balls in this game. You know, Josh Allen went through a long period of time where he wasn't throwing the ball deep. And then he came out last week and threw some deep balls and was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remembered that I'm supposed to throw the ball deep once in a while. And then he comes out in this game and makes up for all of the games that he did not throw the ball deep. If somebody's got a number in the comment section, I'd love to know if anybody knows how many deep balls he threw. So 30 plus yards. It's got to be 10, right? Maybe more. If he had two in one series, first down, second down, Right, and then I know I know the one in third and eight. Uh, uh, what should we call it? Khalil Shakir uh, dropped one. Uh, Diggs caught one. Like I think I can count them all out of my hands. It's got to be somewhere between ten and thirteen deep balls. You don't throw thirteen deep balls bombs in a football game. Have you ever seen that before? The greatest show on turf didn't do that. I'm trying to think of quarterbacks that had Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss didn't throw the ball deep that many times in a football game, and that's that's what they did. That's all they did. It's just strange. Like, it just seemed like every time you turn around, he was chucking the ball deep again. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to kill them in one throw? 
You don't kill a team like the Dolphins in one throw. One throw isn't going to kill them. You go down, you march down the field, and you basically impose your will upon them. And as much as the deep ball is a big piece of what Josh Allen's game is, and it's important for what this team is trying to accomplish, it's not the only play that it's just weird. I don't want to, I don't want to get stuck there. But then, you know, just moving towards, you know, the, the last two minutes or so of the first half, because that's where things just got strange. The play that I, you know, <laughs> I highly doubt that anybody that clapped back at me on Twitter is listening to this podcast. But it was third and eight. There's 140 left on the clock. Again, situational, situational football. Third and eight, 140 on the clock. I believe the Bills were winning 17 to three. Maybe 17 to six. Let me see here. Hang on a second for me. Uh, let me get rid of this. Uh, da, 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 da. So the Bills were winning 17 to six. So it's third and eight. There's 140 left in the clock. The Dolphins are getting the ball after halftime. Half You're beating the Dolphins 17 six. And instead of working the ball down the field because you're inside of two minutes, and I don't have how many timeouts they had there. Instead of working the ball down the field inside of two minutes, Josh drops back and he throws a deep ball incomplete. Stops the clock. And I tweeted at that point, there's just no reason to do that here. That's just not smart football. And like literally my mentions just filled up with, well, he was open. If he'd have caught it, it'd have been fine. Oh, he was open. He was wide open. He... Even if he was open, there's a probability when it comes to catching a football thrown by a quarterback, zero to five yards, five to 10 yards, right? 10 to 20 yards, 20 to 30 yards, 30 plus. There's a probability. And that probability of you catching the football drops dramatically, even if they're wide open. The further down the field you get, it's just not smart football. What happens at that moment? Third and eight, 140. Josh easily could have ran it for the first down. He could have thrown it to somebody inside, got the first down. He could have thrown it for 15 yards. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't gone back to see it to see who was open or what could have happened, but he made the decision quickly. He just chucked it down the field. I'm gonna I'm, I've got mana, I've got single coverage on the outside. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it to that guy. And he did. Incomplete. Bills have to punt. 17 to 6. 140 or something like that left on the clock. The Dolphins then return that punt 51 yards to put themselves in a scoring position to make it 17 to nine. That bad decision immediately paid negative dividends because the Dolphins got to score three points. And you're thinking to yourself, all right, three points, not that big of a deal. Who gives a crap? There's what? Uh, I've got the time here. So the the, the Dolphins score... Uh, it took him 17 seconds to score a field goal. 115 left on the clock. The Bills get the ball back with 115. And you're like, oh, no, this is no problem. So it's 17-9. Who cares? Bills get the ball back. We'll we'll use up all 117. We'll go down the field and more than likely score a touchdown or we'll kick a field goal. The very what? It was it was the second play of the drive, I think, right? Uh I've got it here. One, two, three, third play of the drive. Sorry, my bad. First and 10 penalty, first and 10. 
uh, shotgun, no huddle shotgun. Uh, I'm sorry, no penalty. So first and 10, first and 10, second and 10 from the 36. Josh Allen throws the ball, bounces off of Cole Beasley's chest, which is going to happen. Interception. Right? And then the freaking Dolphins go down and they score a touchdown. And they get a two-point conversion. So now it's no longer 17-6 to with you going down to try to get a field goal at the very least, but suck up all the clock to go in at halftime 20 to six, maybe 24 to six, knowing that the Dolphins are going to get the football back, but to basically press your heel into their throats. You throw a bomb on third and eight with a minute 40 left. They score a field goal. They score a touchdown. They get a two point conversion. It's now tied 17 to 17, all because of one play, all because of one play that just wasn't smart football. I love deep throws. I love seeing Josh Allen rear, rear rear back and like chuck the ball down the field. I love the fact that he's got a cannon. I love that he can throw the ball 70 yards down the field. I don't need to see it 15 times in a game against the Dolphins, who we should dog walk. The Bills should be able to trot anybody out on that field and beat them no problem. We don't need to throw 15 deep strikes down the field to beat them. This is It wasn't a race. It wasn't a sprint. It wasn't first team to 40 wins. They, they shouldn't even have been worried about the Dolphins. The only reason you do that is if you're concerned about the Dolphins scoring 30 points on you. We got to keep this thing going, and we got to get, like, we're just going to start scoring points. That's what we're going to do. We're going we're to rev this machine up. You don't got to do that against the Dolphins. Why? And instead of going into the locker room at worst case, 20 to 6, worst case, best case, 24 to 6, you go in 2017 because what do the Bills do? They get the football back with like no time left, right? And they score a field goal because that's who they are. That's that's what this team does. We've talked about it on this show a lot ad nauseum that when this team needs to do something, when they need points, they go and get them. And the question is, is how long can this last? How long can this type of a thing hold out? And we're in that space right now. To Josh Allen's point last week, it doesn't matter how we win. All that matters is we win from here on out. He's 100% right. But you've got to stop doing things that are causing problems for your team. Not Josh, the whole team. The Bills dominated the Dolphins in every stat category at the half, through the whole game. Nate Geary uh, tweeted something out at some point, I think just after the half, after halftime or just before, or when halftime had started. And I added a couple to it because he missed some. In the first half alone, just from the offense, Josh Allen fumbled on a scramble. If you remember, he fumbled forward. They tried to call it an incomplete pass. It's like, what are you talking about? Like he fumbled the ball forward. Josh Allen threw an interception, the one that he was throwing to John Brown. Knox dropped a touchdown. Bass kicked the ball out of bounds and gave them the ball at the 40. Like, where was that? Like, that's a mental mistake that just cannot happen. Tyler Bass should never, a, a professional kicker in the NFL should never accidentally kick a football out of bounds. Never. And when you're considered one of the best ones in the league, and Tyler Bass is considered that, it just shouldn't happen. Khalil Shakir with the drop. Beasley with the bobble and the interception. That's just in the first half. One, two, three, four, five, six mistakes. In a full game, those six mistakes are a lot. Those are big mistakes at big times of this football game. What do the Buffalo Bills do? They come out at halftime. They, they, they turn over on, turn over on, not turn over on downs. They, they force a punt from the Dolphins. 
Josh Allen immediately fumbles the football. It's returned for a touchdown, 24 to 20 Dolphins. That's the moment the stadium was silent. Dead silent. And it wasn't like, oh, the offense is on the field. Everybody be quiet. Let's all respect the offense so that they can hear what they're doing. Everybody be quiet. We were all sitting there like, what is happening right now? And from there, things just got weird and stressful in the second half. Offensively, defensively, the Bills are playing off coverage still. Still playing off coverage on on Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. There were times in three wide receiver sets. It happened at least three times that I counted. One of them ended up being a penalty. Or no, one of them was an interception. So the uh, the interception that uh, Kiel, uh, Kier Elam got, I literally was pointing at the field because there was three wide receivers on my side of the field. Uh, they were coming towards me, and there was only two defenders. Three times that I could count that happened today, where the Dolphins had three wide receivers out, and there was two wide receivers, and then a safety like 22 yards back. On the play I'm talking about, there was just two defenders, and Skylar Thompson picked the wrong defender. He picked the wrong receiver, so he threw it to the outside, and Kyrie Elam picked them off. But three different times I saw this defense literally had two people covering three wide receivers. Go back and watch the tape. Now, you could say, oh, well, Joe, that's safety, though. That safety was on that other receiver. 22 yards away, 23, 24 yards away, he's on that other receiver. I don't know. Things were just, I don't understand sometimes the game plan. And I don't know that I'm in a position anymore to question it. Do I have the right ability? Do I have the need to question the game plan when they've won 14 freaking games this year? And the three they lost, they only lost by a a cumulative eight points. Maybe I just need to shut up and enjoy the W. (laughs) Maybe I need to not be so worked up. Maybe we collectively, Bills Mafia, need to not be so invested in every single play. No, I don't. I know there's some of you out there that want to see Josh Allen throw a touchdown every play. Every time somebody touches the football, a running back, you want to see him run for a touchdown. Every single time the defense is on the field, you want every play to be either a no gain or an interception. Like That's not where I live. I don't live in la-la land. But there's a great deal of, like, what is happening? And it's been going on for some time with this football team. There were people texting me. My brother was texting me as well after this football game, asking, asking me questions. And they're just asking me questions about specifically the offense. And they're asking me, you know, this and that and what's going on and the mistakes and blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know what? At this point, week one of the playoffs, that's just who this team is. Literally, that is just, that's who the, they play ugly football. The Buffalo Bills on offense just play ugly football. That's who they are. Jerry Ostrowski says they don't have an identity. People didn't like that comment. Oh, well, former former football player probably knows more than we do, right? <laughs> somebody, somebody followed up on that, like, oh, a, a former football player just got fired as a head coach, too. I was like, yeah, Frank Reich, and he's going to get another job. Frank Reich knows more about football than we do, guys. <laughs> Frank, Frank Reich has forgotten more about football than we know. Same thing with Jerry Ostrowski and John Fina. They just play ugly football, and I think the best way I've ever seen seen it summed up is right here. Yards per pass, so at yards per pass on Twitter, and he used to do a bunch of film breakout before I think the NFL like kind of shut him down because that's what the NFL does. This was the best statement. Listen to me. Listen to me read this quote because this was the best statement about the Bills offense I think I have ever heard 
encapsulating the 2022 season. He said, and I quote, yards per pass on Twitter. I have zero idea how the Bills put up so many points on offense. It just seems like such a cluster F for so much of the time. It just, it, it's a mess, right? That's what he's saying. It just seems like such a cluster F for so much of the time. Then you look up at the scoreboard and they've scored 30 plus points more often than not. That's a home run right there. That is legitimately what we watch every single weekend. The, the Stefan Diggs, van, he had 100 and something yards in this game. He vanished for a huge period of time. We talked about it last week. The Stefan Diggs vanishes from this offense for large chunks of time way too much. It happened again in this game. I just, it's so strange to me. And again, they're winning football games. I don't even, maybe we're not supposed to criticize them. Maybe there's no need to. Maybe it's not in our necessary, I don't know what the word is. Maybe it's not our right to, to criticize them. Is that the right way to say that? And look, you know, I'm not trying to be ridiculous. I don't expect the Buffalo Bills to roll over every single opponent that they have. But I don't expect them to make crazy mistakes and inflict self-pain and self-wounds on them every game either. It's just, as I said earlier, it's hard to imagine this team beating the Bengals and beating the Chiefs, Chiefs rather, after watching them make huge mistakes in both execution and decisions. It's not just one thing. That's why I can't figure it out. I don't think it's a focus thing. I don't think it's a lack of talent thing. I don't know what it is. If you let Skylar Thompson do this against you, what is Joe Burrow going to do? What is Patrick Mahomes going to do? Just crazy, right? What is Jalen Hurts going to do against you? There's a time, specifically for the offense, there's a time to go for deep shots. There's, there's prime times to do it. And then there's better times to take what the defense gives you. And it can't, it's such an open door, shut door thing with this offense. Either the door is open and we're taking what the defense gives us and we can't shut it or the door is shut and we're not going to take anything the defense gives us. And the funny part about that is there were some brilliant throws in this game. There were some brilliant plays. There were some good hookups like Josh Allen. There were times he looked great. And, and that's the hard part. It's, it's like I'm hammering this freaking offense. Meanwhile, they beat the Dolphins in the first round of the play. It's just Wildest dreams land. Where, where would I rather be? Would I rather be at eight and nine and not in the playoffs? Absolutely not. <laughs> Let's talk about some good things uh, in this game here in a second, just because I don't know. I'm soapboxing a little too much, but before I do, I've got the wrong background up. Where is the background that I'm looking for? Here it is. Let's talk about the Western New York Beer Trail. The brand new 2023 Trail Pass from Western New York Beer Trail uh, is now available. The 2023 Pass is bigger and better than ever, and there's no better time to get ready for next year than right here, right now. The new Pass features 23 area breweries, cideries, meaderies, and beer bars all over Western New York. While almost every stop still offers the two half-price beers with your Pass, there are, still, there are several other offers available from select locations such as discounts on flights, food, and merchandise. You can save over $400 with all the offers in this book that I show you guys every single week. You want to get this thing. Trust me, you want to get it. The 2023 Trail Pass and other beer, beer trail items are available at our website, www.westernnewyorkwnybeertrail.com. Just click on the shop tab. And now through November 15th, oh, I keep saying that. I, I got to update this. 
right now, not there's no deadline on this. Right now, use the code the voice15. I feel like I'm Ron Burgundy sometimes. Whatever's on the prompter, he's gonna read. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, right now, uh, use the code the voice15 to save on your entire order. This is the perfect way to start your holiday shopping. It's actually, I gotta rewrite this part too. It's a perfect thing for you after your holiday shopping. Go out and get yourself a little gift uh, now that the, the holidays are over. We at Western New York Beer Trail are proud to support everything local, craft beer, small business, and local charities. Watch for our meetups and fundraising events along the way. Western New York Beer Trail, drink local, support local. We'll see you on the trail. Super thankful for Tom and his support of the show. I would uh, very be very thankful of you guys as well if you went out and... Uh, picked up a a, a a trail pass for me do me do me do me that solid if you will it'd be awesome so there were some good things we've talked about some of the good things <laughs> kevin kevin h says the beer trail sounds pretty good right about now <laughs> i'm with you bro <laughs> There's a lot of good things from this football game, you know, both on the offense and the defense. You know, Beasley scored. Uh, it, it, he also had another, like, huge run after catch. It was great to see him on the field getting intermingled. He had a couple balls that Josh missed him with. Uh, you had the beautiful, absolutely gorgeous toe touch, uh, touchdown from Gabe Davis to make it 34 to 24, which was the the go like the basically the winning score. When he when he made that catch, the dude behind me uh in the stands, and I don't know who the guy was, but he was like, he has a problem with those catches. I'm surprised you got that. And it's like Gabe Davis is known for his toe touches. He's missed like two. <laughs> That's not what Gabe Davis is struggling with. He's struggling with the clap. And the clap actually helped him on that one throw, the throw that was in the dirt. Let's see if I can get this right. He like lays he laid his hand on the ground and caught it like this. The one that was that was uh confirmed to be a catch. There was one moment where the clap helped him, but uh, Gabe Davis has not struggled with toe tap catches this year. So it was a beautiful touchdown. It was a beautiful throw. Josh Allen had several gorgeous throws in this football game. Uh, you know, and then the defense with the picks, you know, Dean Marlowe getting the interception. Okay. Your Elam getting the interception. They had several sacks and Tremaine Edmonds was fit to be tied. He was crushing people in this football game. Um, it was just great to see him. It's it's it, week in and week out. It is great to see him run free, but it's also amazing to see him continue to be paired with Matt Milano and effectively what they're doing as a linebacker group. Like it's so freaking awesome to watch. Um, I will say this though, on a negative standpoint, and it gets back to three wide receiver sets by the opponents. I just, we've, I've asked this question on a couple different shows. I just want to know why. Why could this offense not run a successful wide receiver screen, a bubble screen? What 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 is it? And you would think with the amount of wide receiver screens that are run against us on our defense that are wildly successful, they get blocked up perfectly every single time. You would think that our offense would be really good at it from seeing it done so much. It's it's baffling, mind-blowing that they cannot run a successful wide receiver screen. But the Buffalo Bills won this game, and that's all that matters, right? Even if there were moments where I was contemplating my life choices, my daughter texted me at one point and said, why did you make me a Bills fan? <laughs> I was like, honey, I say the same thing to my dad. <laughs> curse you for making me a bills fan <laughs> this was an amazingly winnable game the bills won 
I feel like we all feel like they left a lot to be desired. They left a lot on the table. And um, the point, and this is, if there's a story for this game, this is probably, it's going to be short and sweet. We love to say, and we see people say it all the time. We see people say it all the time. They just got some things to clean up. I've seen several tweets today. They just got some things to clean up. It's every week. It's every freaking week. And, and I'm not saying that like every week teams don't have something to clean up. They do. But it's just the, the level and the measure of things that they got to clean up. The reality is, is this is just who they are. This Bills offense, this they they play ugly football that sometimes just doesn't make sense. And then you look up and they've scored 34 points. And you're like, how did we get here? That's just who they are. And this defense that just seems to line up and play and whatever happens, happens. We're not going to do what the last team did that beat you. We're not going to do what somebody else did. We're not going to this. We're not going to that. We're just going to play our nickel four two. And you know what? We'll see how it falls in the end. And yes, I know that they make adjustments. I know that, you know, the Bills are very much this year a second half team, especially on defense. Normally speaking, the, the opponent will drive down in the first drive, score a touchdown or a field goal, and then you'll see the defense kind of put the clamps on them a little bit, right? And then by the second half, they've got they've got it figured out and they they work that nickel four two that they play. And more times than not, the Bills defense finds a way to stop or make the stops they, that they need to. It's just, this is who they are, right? And, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's just, if you, it, it doesn't matter. Win ugly, win pretty, just win, baby, right? That's all that matters. Win ugly, win pretty, just win. That's all that matters. Three more games. Right now, it looks like we're going to be playing the Bengals, but clearly I, I turned off the Jaguars game on Saturday at halftime. <laughs> that was a mistake. Got another super chat. Heroi Burhane, I believe is how that is pronounced. I could be wrong. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. Edmonds reminds me, it reminded me of Clowney, uh, the Clowney hit versus Michigan. It was a great hit. He stuck him. He stuck him hard. Stuck him super hard. But you know what? At the end of the day, when the Bills win a Super Bowl, <laughs> see what I did there? When the Bills win a Super Bowl, I don't care how they win. If the Bills win a Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl and the game looks just like it looked today, you're not going to hear any of this negative crap from me. <laughs> and maybe that's the that's the story of the whole season. It doesn't matter as long as they win. Maybe there's a different string to be pulled inside of the, you know, we hear we hear Bruce Nolan talk about, you know, after so many times, you know, you begin to realize that this is what a team does and this is who a team is. And this this Bills team is kind of an, anom an anomaly that way because when you say that they win this way, they make, they, so the, the mistakes that they make is who they are. That's what they're going to do. But it doesn't necessarily matter the level of their opponent. They're going to make their mistakes. They're going to overcome them. And then they're going to beat you. And then they're going to walk off the field, big dubs, victory Monday. And I'm here for it. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm here for it. Would I like to see perfect football? Shit, yes. 
<laughs> Are we going to get perfect football? Hell no. Just it is what it is at this point. Oh my goodness. I got to hit. I'm getting, I'm getting late. Um, I never mean to get late with you guys, but I always do. So real quick on the stats. Josh Allen at one point in this game, first quarter was playing perfect football. Perfect football. It was incredible. Skylar Thompson was 18 to 45, did not have a good day. The Bills made him look better than he was. 220 yards, touchdown, and two interceptions. Jeffrey Wilson was their rushing leader, 10 for 23. The Bills bottled up the run very, very well. Tyree Kill was seven receptions for 69 yards, had a couple big drops as well. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, uh, three for 45. Jalen Waddle, three for 44, also had some huge, huge drops. Uh, Mike Gusecki, two for 15 uh, with the touchdown there. Uh, who else had Jeffrey Wilson had a touchdown? Yeah, I think that was it. And then obviously they had the defensive touchdown. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen was two for 39, or tw- two for 39, 23 of 39, <clears throat> excuse me, for 352 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Devin Singletary rushed for 48 yards on 10 carries. James Cook rushed for 39 yards on 12 carries. And Josh Allen rushed for 20 on four, which, if I'm not mistaken, puts us back into that 100 yard rushing kind of theme. So the Bills have rushed for 100 yards in every game this season, but one. Stephon Diggs, seven receptions for 114 yards. Gabe Davis, six for 113 yards. Khalil Shakir, three for 51 yards. Cole Beasley, two for 35. The funny part about this Dawson Knox, three for 20, is if half of those bombs that were dropped were caught, Josh Allen would have thrown for probably 600 yards in this football game. It would have been nuts. His, like the yardage would have been insane. This game would have been 70 to nothing or 70 to six or 70 to nine or something. It would have been, it would have been absolutely bonkers. Uh, overall team stats, the dolphins two thirty one for the game. I think they had 111 at halftime. The bills had four twenty three. They live in that. That's like right on their average four twenty three. passing yards. One eighty nine for the dolphins, three sixteen for the bills, rushing yards, 42, one Oh seven for the bills yards per play. 3.3, 5.9 for the bills. First downs, 25 for the Bills, 16 for the Dolphins. Third down efficiency, 9 of 16. So the Bills just edged out their average. They're averaging, uh, what is it, 50%? 4 of 16, 25% for the Dolphins on third down efficiency. Fourth down efficiency, and the Dolphins went for it on like fourth and eight or fourth and seven or something and got it. It was crazy. It's like a big middle finger to the Bills. Uh, Total plays, 69 for the Dolphins, 72 for the Bills. Sacks allowed. The Bills allowed seven freaking sacks in this game now don't get me wrong that defensive that defense for the dolphins is good it's pretty good uh i've got some dude awards um i don't know that i'm gonna get into them i think i'll do them real quick so dude awards so for all of you that are new to the show and i don't do arrow up arrow down i don't do thumbs up thumbs down i don't do any of that, any of that stuff what i do are the dude awards and basically if you did good dude great job dude you the man dude great job uh if you didn't do good it's dude bro Bro, dude, we got to talk. So first, dude award, real quick, positive. Tremaine Edmonds already talked about it, had a heck of a game. And you could probably just hashtag or like like hyphen Matt Milano in there too. Uh, second one, Stefan Diggs played well when they were targeting him and getting him the football. And then my third one is going to go split to Gabe Davis and uh, Dawson Knox. I thought both of those, the, the two catches that they had, Gabe, Gabe had another really, really nice catch. But uh, they, they, they very much helped this offense and, and were a part of this W big time. Negative due to awards, guys, we got to talk to. Number one, Josh. Um, I love you, Josh. I love you with all my heart. Love you, Josh Allen. Like, I love you, Josh Allen. <sighs> well, yeah, I just, I need, I need you to, I need you to settle in a little more and not go for the whole shot 
that many. I, I don't know if he was trying to get the whole shot and a touchdown and then he would have stopped, and that's why he kept doing it. I don't know what the answer is, but yeah, I need you to back that down. Ken Dorsey is my number two negative down due to Ward, and it's because, Ken, I need you to call better plays, and I need you to be in Josh's ear. I need you to tell that kid to settle down and stop throwing the ball deep. I know that we talk during the week, and I know that when we, we have the conversation, if it's man coverage, you've got single coverage on the outside, give him a chance and throw it deep, especially if the, the safety is shading to the other side. But that doesn't mean that every single time we see that, that that's what you do. You just, I need Ken to be in Josh's ear a little more. And then uh, Sean McDermott, I love you, buddy. But again, I don't know what was going on. <laughs> with those timeouts, with the clock management, with anything else. Uh, so those are my three down dude awards, which are some original ones because I normally don't have the coaching staff in my dude awards unless it's like the entire coaching staff. All right. So wrapping this thing up. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do appreciate you being a part of the show. I appreciate you guys tuning in as much as you do and supporting me. Keep in mind as well, as much as I was a little bit absent last week and the week before, uh, I do have three podcasts that air every single week on Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Wednesday, third Monday, man, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on the Overreaction Sports Network. If you go to your favorite YouTube, YouTube, if you go to your favorite podcast channel and you type in Overreaction Buffalo or Overreaction Sports, it'll pop up with my little the little Buffalo head thing that that's my logo, uh, and you can get some more content from me. But stay tuned for tomorrow. Tomorrow is the Off Tackle with John Phoenix show. We got Steve Tasker on the show. I'm excited to ask Steve about some of the things that we have been talking about uh, here on this show. But uh, so stay tuned for that. And uh, as always, guys, I appreciate you. But you have been tuned into the Overreaction Buffalo postgame show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. On behalf of me, Buffalo Rumblings, on behalf of John Spazcheck and the Market Dominator team and the West Tom over at the Western New York Beer Trail we love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy Victory Monday. Go Bills.